Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Oh My Allergies podcast. This is your hostess with the mostest, Valencia. And if you are new here, the Oh My Allergies podcast is a podcast about all things allergies. Whether you have food allergies, seasonal allergies, skin allergies, or even your pet has allergies, Oh My Allergies is a safe space for discussions for those that need a bit of advice and support from someone who understands their struggle. Let's learn how to navigate life and learn how to thrive with our allergies together. what's up welcome back to the oh my allergies podcast now stop drop roll and rate the oh my allergies podcast on apple Podcasts and on spotify make sure you're subscribed to the oh my allergies podcast on your podcast platform of choice also make sure that you're following us on our instagram page which is at oh my allergies just to keep up with what we are doing and to see some really fun and exciting content over on there and keep on sharing the podcast with people you know and don't know So today I'm going to be talking about a thing that pretty much everyone with allergies or everyone who is a caregiver to someone who has allergies goes through and that's basically your friends and your family, really just anyone in your inner circle not getting or understanding your food allergies. You know, that's something that everyone in their allergy journey goes through, kind of like that stage in their allergy journey where like they're trying to explain their food allergies to the people around them and they just they just don't get it. So that's basically what I'm going to be talking about in today's episode. But before I get into the meat of the episode, you guys know I got to talk about what's been going on. with me I've currently been taking kind of like a breather before I start my internship next week which I'm really excited about because I'm interning with a company that I've just been really interested in working for for a long time so I've been kind of like taking it easy and then also I've been like hardcore watching and when I say hardcore watching I literally mean hardcore watching the regionals and the super regionals for the women's college world series you know my favorite team is the Texas Longhorns and I'm very sad V sad that they did not make it to the finals but I'm excited you know that a team from Georgia made it you know the Georgia Bulldogs um, but I don't think I've told you guys about my interest in college softball on the podcast yeah I don't think I have because college softball they didn't have the Women's College World Series because of COVID last year. So I don't think I ever talked about it. Yeah, I am a really big fan of college softball. Like I said, my favorite team currently is the Texas Longhorns. And I know most people would just be like, oh, well, you must have gone to University of Texas at Austin, right? And I'm like, nope. And then they're like, oh, well, you must be from Texas. Like, even though you don't sound like you're from Texas. And I'm like, nope 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 (laughs) and then they're like confused about like why I really like them so a little like story time I first was a fan of the Oregon Ducks because of Miranda Elish and then the coach at Oregon um coach Mike White he ended up going to the Texas Longhorns 
and her and then a few other softball players from Oregon went with him to Texas and so since that kind of happened I've been like following Texas and I've become a fan like people who were already on the team at Texas like Janae Jefferson and like other people on the team and they're just so good at like what they do and it really makes me wish that like I played softball growing up um I grew up playing baseball and then like soccer but yeah I've practically been glued to the couch watching every qualifying team play and I've you know started liking other teams and like other players as well like Odysseus Alexander from JMU you know, it's really exciting to see her pitch and especially because they are actually going to the Women's College World Series for the first time in program history. So I was very happy when they won against Mizzou and that was actually such a really good game to watch. That game was a really good game to watch. The game with Florida Gators and Crimson Tide, that was actually a really good game to watch. And it was so funny seeing Montana Fouts get really super like upset with herself but it was just I just really love watching like college softball just because it's just very intense and it's in my opinion just so much more interesting than watching like baseball like professional league baseball you just get so much into it and I just really love this time of the season where it's postseason and watching the woman play but yeah if you don't watch college softball I probably sounded like that kid from Charlie Brown that's like womp 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 <laughs> but yeah that's basically what I've been up to I've just been really into my softball lately but with that being said, I can get right into my foodie likes. So my first foodie like comes from the brand. The brand is called Grillo's and they make pickles, pretty much dill pickles. And so they have several different products around like dill pickles. And so lately I've been really, really loving their pickle chips and they just taste so good. They taste so crisp. They taste very like clean, made with very clean ingredients. Like there's really like not any, like there's no preservatives in here at all um it's just the cucumbers then there's the brine which is made of water and like vinegar and like salt and then there's garlic and then there's dill and it's really cool because like once you open the container you can actually see like the dill in the actual container which is really cool and then there's also grape leaves and you can actually see that as well uh, but I really love them because they just like they satisfy being able to get like the crunchy and salty cravings that you might have but they're just a lot more healthier for you than like regular potato chips and I just love how clean and fresh they taste like they taste so good like I've never really had a pickle like this before and it really makes me love pickles normally I probably wouldn't be into something that has more of like a garlicky taste because it's not overwhelming the taste of the garlic but you can definitely tell that there's garlic in these pickles but I still like them regardless like they taste so good like literally I will go and get like a little bowl and like get a few of like the pickle chips and like just eat them as a snack and it just tastes so good like I don't really know how else to describe the taste like it definitely does not taste like your regular pickles that you might just 
get from like any random grocery store they taste really high quality um you are gonna be paying for them I will say that I did get them from well me and my mom we got them from Whole Foods and we tried them because they just looked really interesting and plus they were on sale but definitely highly highly recommend them if you are really a pickle person uh growing up I actually was a pickle person I loved dill pickle anything dill pickle chips I loved pickles I liked the spears I liked the whole pickle but I would have like on and off of really loving loving pickles and then like really really hating pickles but like these pickles like made me love pickles again and so definitely I'm gonna get these again because they tasted just chef's kiss like just so delicious but the next foodie like I'm gonna be talking to you guys about is from Starbucks it's their dark roast cold brew coffee so they actually have cold brew coffee that they sell at grocery stores and so I came across their dark roast cold brew coffee at Whole Foods because we were low on cold brew and lately during the pandemic and everything it's kind of like we kind of just go to like one grocery store like whichever grocery store we're the closest to that's kind of where we do our shopping at so at this time we were the closest to Whole Foods and Whole Foods it's usually not the place to buy cold brew because their cold brew is like nine dollars but this cold brew was actually not nine dollars praise the lord but it tastes really good like it mean it just tastes like coffee you would get at starbucks but highly 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 recommend trying this cold brew if you are a fan of starbucks and if you are a fan of cold brew but yeah those are my foodie legs for this week so i guess i can get right into the allergy news This week's allergy news actually is more so of a pop culture article and it's coming from people.com and it's about how Hilaria Baldwin opens up about her son who is um, eight months old having an allergic reaction and kind of her like sharing her story about it and so in the article they talk about how she talked about how her son had Um, an allergic reaction and she didn't know what the allergic reaction stemmed from um, but she explained how it was one of those horrible moments a parent dreads and how her older kids don't have allergies so this whole experience was really a first uh, for her and her family and she talks about how it doesn't matter how many kids you have there are always moments that shake us as there is no way that we can prepare. Further on in the article she talks about how there was her child vomited on her clothes and all these other different types of things how she had to take her child to the hospital and her really just showing appreciation for healthcare professionals and doctors and nurses and the role that they play in society of really being able to help us as civilians and really just reading this article it really just kind of reinforced a lot of the things that you know we've talked about on the podcast before in previous episodes on how it's very common for just because you know your kids um, that are old might not have allergies at this point in time or they might not have been born with them Um, it doesn't mean that if you have another kid that your other kid automatically is not going to have those allergies so that is something that I thought was very interesting and also being able to kind of show that narrative and more of um, on a bigger scale because a lot of people tend to think that oh you know if you have allergies and like your kids will have allergies and your kids kids will have allergies and it's kind of like one of those things that you just won't know until as your child grows up 
up and they progress through life. And, you know, even though your kid might not necessarily have been born with allergies, you know, later down the line, they might develop them when they are, you know, a preteen or a teenager or even later in life as an adult. So I think that having more and more stories like this be more presented on a wider scale kind of shows that a lot of different people whether you're in the public eye or whether you're not in the public eye deal with having to deal with allergic reactions on different scales whether it's one that's associated with more of milder symptoms or ones that are associated with anaphylactic symptoms. So I think that having more and more people kind of share their stories about what it's like for them in terms of, you know, being a caregiver of someone who has allergies or being a person who has allergies themselves and kind of sharing their experience and kind of normalizing having allergies in a sense and not making it something that's kind of taboo or that a lot of people don't have because when you really look at the statistics there's a lot more and more people who are developing allergies as a whole especially food allergies in specific. I think that it's great that a lot more people are sharing their story and hopefully more and more people will do so. But that is the allergy news article for this week. Like always make sure that you check our show notes to be able to see the allergy news article that was spotlighted for each week of each episode so check the show notes to see the link so and now we can get into the meat of the episode which is basically all about having food allergy issues with friends and family and kind of having it where your inner circle doesn't really understand your allergies and kind of having those conversations and kind of feeling like you're on a you're on a train that's never, never stopping in terms of having to re and re and re-explain your allergies or your kids' allergies to your friends and your family. This week's episode is all about navigating food allergy issues with your friends and with your family. And this is something that I've had to deal with and it's something that I'm still constantly dealing with, you know, as I meet new people and become friends with them and things like that. But most people, you know, would think that communicating with your friends and family that you have food allergies or any other dietary restrictions or autoimmune conditions, things of the sort that they naturally would be very accommodating because, you know, they care for you, they've been in your life for a certain period of time, you know, that means something. However, you know, I saw this saying somewhere and it kind of has stuck with me uh, ever since I saw it. And the saying is something along the lines of, it's the people you're often the closest to and the people you would expect to be the most accommodating who are sometimes the most difficult. And I know when I've explained my food allergies and the earlier years of me discovering them, it kind of felt like what I said to people went through one ear and out the other. Like I would tell people about why they can't just offer me something without a food label, why it's important for me to read food labels and why people need to put away my allergens when I come over or when I'm hanging out with someone. And then the next time I go to hang out with that person or with someone in general, they would have my allergen in their hand or there's cross-contamination happening in their kitchen with my allergen or asking me if I want to try something when my allergen is in the food item. You know, that literally drives me absolutely crazy. And I think what makes it what makes everything worse is the fact that a lot of people 
tend to operate in this mode of, well, if I can't see it, you know, then it can't be real. Or if I can't see it, then why should I worry about it? And this mode like of operation is used for a lot of other aspects of life by some people. And that also includes allergies and asthma, um, autoimmune conditions, and, you know, other immunology related things. Uh, someone, you know, in your family may look at you and be like, oh, you know, you're perfectly healthy and everything, you know, looks totally fine. But the minute that you're exposed to your allergen or allergens or something that kind of just sparks something within your immune system, that kind of just goes all out of the window. You know, when you're exposed to your allergen, when you have an allergy, your symptoms may be more on the milder side of things or turn really, really quickly into anaphylaxis where you start to experience life-threatening symptoms like wheezing, having problems breathing, your blood pressure dropping, getting hives and feeling nauseous. And these symptoms can come from just eating the wrong thing. And I guess for some people, it's it's hard for them to just wrap their head around the fact that one food could start that much of a tornado in your life. And it's true. You know, all it takes is one bite, one sniff, one time of the food residue touching your skin. And people in your life not wanting to wrap their head around food allergies can lead them to accusing you of, you know, being overprotective of yourself or even overprotective for your food allergic children to being called a picky eater, to even being pinned as being like a scary cat when it comes to food. And these are things that I personally have dealt with in my life when it comes to my food allergies and my food allergy journey. And you kind of just get in this constant cycle of just becoming upset and annoyed with the people around you because you're constantly communicating with your friends and with your family that you can't have a specific food or you can't have specific foods, yet people are still offering you food and drinks with your allergen or allergens in them or inviting you in situations where food labels are nowhere to be found and then it ends up becoming a hazardous situation for you and your family. And I don't know if anyone else has kind of felt this way before, but you kind of have this, like you kind of have this thought like you want people like your friends, your family and people in your inner circle to kind of like understand like how scared you get and how overwhelmed you feel when it comes to food allergy management. Because typically a lot of people, they don't really fully grasp or have a full understanding of a situation until they're in it themselves which is very sad and that kind of comes into play like a lack of empathy but yeah that's one thing from you know things that I personally have experienced or even things that from talking with other people that I know who have allergies experience is that they feel like the problem is that they don't understand because they're not living it every day. You know, they don't have to deal with, you know, constantly having to check labels when they're at the grocery store, even though they've bought this product for so many years. We've talked about on the podcast before how it's important to be able to check labels each and every time that you are picking up a product because you just don't know if ingredients may change. Like for an example, like from Whole Foods, there are these, um, 
fish burgers that we usually love getting like they taste so good normally and always check labels they've always been good they've never had you know milk or dairy or things like that in them um they have eggs in them but i can eat eggs so totally fine with me normally get them they taste delicious but the last time that we went to Whole Foods to be able to get these burgers, I was looking through the ingredients label and I noticed that there was non-fat milk in them. And I was like, that's so crazy that I've been getting these burgers, these fish burgers for years, guys, for years. And there was milk in them for the very first time. Never had seen milk in the ingredients list before. And it made my mom and me go like back and forth because we were like, has there, there hasn't always been milk in here, right? And I'm like, no, there hasn't always been milk in these burgers. Like, it's just so weird. And it just reaffirms what I've just been saying. You never know. Like these companies, literally, they go and change the ingredients list on these products, you know, whether it's due to supply chain issues, whether it's due to them wanting to lower their cost or wanting to make things stretch a little bit more because a lot of different companies, you know, whether it's packaged food or even restaurants, they tend to use dairy when they're trying to be able to make things stretch a little bit more. Like I know at IHOP, I know that they put pancake batter in their eggs like there's just a lot of different tactics that a lot of different companies use to be able to make things stretch a little bit more so that they're able to keep like the main ingredient that they use in different things a lot longer and not have to constantly have to replenish that and use like different other binding agents to be able to help with you know making things stretch whether it's using breadcrumbs or you know just things like that and those are things that you have to be mindful of when you're looking at ingredients lists for different products that you're picking up at the grocery store. So I think, and this is something that I always think about and talk with, with my allergy friends, hate to call them that because they're more than this, their allergy, but that's something that, you know, has brought us together, um, is talking about our allergies, um, initially is that lack of empathy. And one thing that I've learned over the years that has helped me is sharing information about your allergies in stages. And I say in stages because sometimes when you're being you and you have allergies and you are trying to be super, super safe and there's nothing wrong with that, I actually am a big advocate of asking a lot of questions to make sure that a food that you're about to put into your body is not going to kind of spark a reaction or anything like that. But sometimes asking so many questions at one time about, you know, the ingredients in a dish or the ingredients in a package, uh, talking about alternative names for allergens or even asking about cleaning and storing practices can kind of sound a bit overwhelming, even though, like I just said, all those questions are valid and they're necessary for you to make sure that you're not putting yourself at risk or your kids at risk. So you might want to start off with educating your friends and family about the precautions you follow to keep yourself safe if you're the one who has food allergies or the precautions you and your family follow to be able to keep you and your children safe if you and your children and your family have multiple allergies that you're kind of trying to navigate through. And another thing that kind of has helped me is, I don't know really how else to say this, but kind of like lowering my expectations in a way. So like, hear me out, because I know that sounds like really, really weird, but Think about it like this. So you may come across some awesome people in your life that will have allergen-free and allergen-friendly options in their homes, for instances where you and your family come over and 
kudos if you have people like that in your life. They are the best people ever. You're going to want to keep them in your life. But newsflash, not everyone is like that. I'm just going to rip the bandaid off on that one. So, you know, this means you're probably going to have to bring safe food to events and to outings. And you you're going to probably have to anticipate that there may be one friend or one relative that has really good intentions, but they make a mistake or they might make two mistakes. So you have to keep an eye out on the foods and the snacks that are in reach and what's being cooked on the stove when you go over to people's houses that don't have allergies. And then after there's been, you know, some time where you, your friends, your family, they're constantly exposed to your allergy rules and, you know, there are boundaries that are in place, you know, most people tend to come around But you do have to realize that it is a two-way street. You know, you have to be willing to grab the other person's hand and like walk them through the life of living with food allergies. And then the other person has to be willing to be an active listener and not be afraid to ask questions because the only way that you're going to be able to learn is from asking questions. And then also, like everyone in your life has to be okay that things are not going to be able to go the way that they normally would have in the past, like pre-diagnosis for your allergies, and that a lot of traditions may have to change because of that. An example that kind of comes to mind is, you know, when it came to Thanksgiving, you know, my grandmother or my aunt, you know, they would make macaroni and cheese and like a mean macaroni and cheese. And like, I would eat it and I thought it tasted so good and it tasted amazing. But then when I kind of found out about my dairy allergies, you know, I told my extended family, you know, that I couldn't have any foods with milk and dairy in them. And to be completely honest, they were not exactly the most accommodating at first. You know, it kind of took a lot of conversations about dairy allergies and lactose intolerance and how they are not the same. And it had gotten to a point where I guess they wanted to be able to have the foods they enjoyed and it felt like they didn't care about whether or not there were options for me. So my mom and I, we would bring foods that we could eat. And, you know, when I would have, you know, relatives from other states come in and stuff like they would want to eat our food, our safe food, because it looked good. And so we wouldn't really have enough food for ourselves. And it was really, really annoying, to be honest. I know, you know, my family, we've hosted Thanksgiving at our house. And those are some of my favorite Thanksgiving dinners, because we were able to control what was served. And we could check any incoming dishes, you know what I mean? And whereas if you go to like someone else's house, and you kindly refuse to like eat someone's dish, you know, some people want to act like their feelings are hurt when literally it's not you, it's your food. Like that's literally the only problem. It's not you, it's the food because the food has my allergen in it and I can't eat it. So like if there's a bunch of foods that have my allergens in it, I'm I'm going to say no and you're going to have to be okay with that and respect that. So it kind of just got to a point where there weren't a lot of options for me and my mom since I not only have food allergies, I'm also a pescatarian and then my mom is a pescatarian as well and my mom is lactose intolerant. So now, you know, my immediate family, you know, we don't really participate in the big extended family Thanksgiving dinner anymore because of that. And if you feel like you have some family and friends who are resistant to your allergy rules and precautions to 
like protect you or protect you and your family, then maybe you may need to keep your distance from those people when it comes to meals and cooking and caregiving when it comes to kids. You know, if people are resisting the precautions you have to be able to keep you safe or to be able to keep you and your family safe, then basically in a nutshell, they're saying that they don't care about the health of you or the health of your children without actually saying that out loud. So maybe you may have to spend time with this person when other people you trust are around when it comes to food or have it where you take people like this with you when you go grocery shopping, when you cook, and when you are packing safe lunches and meals for yourself or for your kids. And, you know, slowly they'll start to kind of get it and kind of like have the light bulb like pop in their brain and like be like, oh my gosh. And like have this like realization of how much there is to learn and do when you have food allergies or when you are a caregiver to someone who has food allergies. And if you come across people that say things like, oh, like I wish you would just stop saying like, I could die, you know, if I have my allergen or my kids could die, blah, blah, blah. Um, Personal advice, I would run, (laughs) run fast (laughs) but seriously like I would suggest like setting some firm and loving boundaries for yourself like saying you're not going to have anything that you didn't make for yourself or that you didn't bring for yourself to eat rather than going straight for the worst case scenarios Um, people may feel some type of way for you setting that boundary but that's literally your prerogative for your health and safety and they can either respect them Or you can distance yourself from those people when it comes to food because in my eyes, it's literally just that simple. And when it comes to food allergies, especially if you are a kid, it honestly really does take a village. So it's really important to be able to just kind of like come to a place of being on the same team for yourself or for your children with your friends and family. And it all starts with understanding you know, understanding where each person is coming from. You know, you have to understand and remember where you were all those months ago or even years ago when you didn't even know what a food allergy was, let alone what it could do to you or your family or your kids' bodies. So I try to keep that in mind when I'm getting aggravated when I'm repeating myself for the fourth time to, you know, friends and family members who don't fully understand what happens when I have a macadamia nut or why me asking a person questions about what is in the food has nothing to do with me not trusting their cooking skills. It has everything to do with what they're putting in the dish. Like, I really don't care if you are a mean Julianer. I really don't care if you have like this really cool like blender that you want to make a macadamia nut milk for me with I I just don't care (laughs) I just don't care because I can't have the food anyway so like why would I care so that's basically it that's all when it for me and I hopefully those are some tips that you can you know take with you and apply them to your life if you feel that they would make a good fit or some of the stories and experiences that I've talked about in this episode if you felt like they were relatable or something that you've personally gone through hopefully you were able to see some of those parallels and also don't be shy if there's something in one of these episodes that really resonates with you send us a message on the Instagram page which is at Omay 
allergies. Just let us know what you thought about the episode, if there was a part that you really resonated with, really liked, if you want to hear more about a topic that I've talked about in any episode, whether it's this episode or a past episode, definitely let us know on the Oh My Allergies Instagram page. But that is this week's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it, got some value from it, found it really interesting. If you guys want me to talk more about having food allergy issues when it comes to friends and family and kind of having those conversations and how to be able to make the environment, you know, easygoing and having it where you feel like you're being heard at the same time. But I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Make sure to rate and review the podcast. Hopefully it is five stars. Make sure to hit that subscribe button on the Oh My Allergies podcast on your podcast platform of choice. Make sure to follow us on Instagram, which is at Oh My Allergies and keep on sharing the podcast with people you know and don't know. And I will talk to you guys in the next episode. Bye guys.